I feel like what the present day church does a bad job of is creating those relationships. There's the marketing of, you know, we're open to everyone, come through our doors. But then as soon as you come through the doors, there's judgment cast upon you. And I just don't feel like that judgment existed until much later after the initial early church. Hey everybody, we have a juicy interview for you today. I'm interviewing my friend Tyler Habig on church hurt and some differences between the early church and what it was intended to be and maybe what the modern church and modern religion has become in some ways. Now, before we get into it, there are a few misconceptions that I'd like to deal with because I have a really interesting vantage point. I play out in the bars and the clubs in rock and roll bands, and I also work in a church as a musician, and we have brewery ministries, a place where people can come and have a beer and talk about God and explore. So I deal with people who maybe aren't sure what they think about God yet, they're not sure if they believe, if they have faith. I deal with a lot of Christians who have been hurt by the church and they've tried to be involved, but it just hasn't worked out for whatever reason, and they've left, and we have some Christians who come through. What I've discovered is that these two groups just kind of miss each other. A lot of times, people in the church assume that people who don't go to church regularly don't have faith, and that's actually not true. So I'm hoping that we can disarm that misconception a little bit when you hear Tyler talk. He very obviously has a relationship with God and a closeness there and so does his brother if you see the other interviews on this channel with daniel haybig second a lot of people feel like tyler a lot of people my age are dealing with church hurt and some concerns about organized religion and where it's at but for me having one foot in the church and one foot out in the clubs and the bars and hearing all these conversations about religion I realized that that feedback doesn't always get heard in the church or make its way back into the church. So as soon as I noticed this happening, I realized, oh, these churches are wondering why young people aren't in church and all this stuff, but they're not engaged enough with people outside of the church to really understand, or maybe some people tried to share their feedback and it just wasn't heard. Unfortunately, I've seen that a lot. Sometimes it's just not heard, Sometimes they're even told it's their fault, and that further reinforces their church hurt. So that's really unfortunate. And one of the things I was hoping we could do on this podcast was get Tyler's feedback out there. So kudos to him for being honest. And I want people to understand that, you know, this, this isn't just his feelings. I've realized that most people my age seem to have similar concerns. So take it as this is the voice of a generation that is not too sure about church. And if the church wants to address that and try to fix some of these problems, well, the only way that is gonna happen is if we transcend this communication gap that's going on. So hopefully by getting his feedback out there, you can start to wrestle with these things. If, if you're a Christian and this is uncomfortable to listen to, I would encourage you to push through and listen to what he has to say because if you do that, well, you're part of the solution. 
and you can help things become better. You can help move the church back towards maybe the ideal from the original church in the first century, as opposed to maybe some of the unhealthy things that are going on in the modern day. And maybe we can help young people have a way to explore faith in the future, whatever that may look like. So without any further ado, let's get into this interview. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Brewery Ministries podcast. I am sitting here with my buddy Tyler Habig, and he's somebody I've known for a long time, really talented composer. He and I met playing music in a church a long time ago in my hometown of Avon, Indiana, and we've kept up ever since. We've recorded some rock music together, and he's got a really good head on his shoulders. So, Tyler, why don't you tell listeners a little bit about yourself? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm currently located in Florida, uh, near, near Tampa. And as Nathan said, you know, we met in, in church a long time ago. And Nathan has always been my musical mentor. and has helped me kind of get started with recording. And I, I was able to take that and get an undergrad in composition uh, for music. So now I can write for orchestras and things. And we've continued to go back and forth, sharing our knowledge, uh, which is really neat and uh, now I'm actually a technical project manager for a collectibles company, but I uh, definitely still have my passion for music and happy to be here. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for joining me. So I thought I would ask Tyler some of the questions that uh, I've been wrestling with. Uh, you know, I meet with a brewery group. We meet at the brewery every Tuesday night and we talk theology. We've been walking through like the main stories, the main chapters of the Bible that are really significant. So I I pulled out a few questions that came up during our brewery discussions to have a conversation with Tyler about. So the first question is, what appeals to you about the early church? And do you think the early Christian church was similar or different than the church today? And what are the differences? Yeah. So I want to start by clarifying what are you talking about when you say the early church? Because in my head, I go to basically within New Testament. What church would have been considered when Jesus was still alive? Is that what you would consider early church as well? Yes, I, I'm thinking the first generation, and that's a good point because a lot of people think like third century, Augustine, Constantine. Exactly. I'm thinking like 300 years before that, like right after Jesus died, mm-hmm. the, the people that knew him and started that very first generation of churches. Okay, great. So that's, that helps. That's what I actually prepared my answer on. So to me, the early church was much more about true discipleship and relationships in order to meet that spirituality. And this is why I'm so happy that I'm here today, because that is what I love most about the brewery ministries, is that it's about true discipleship and relationships. And I feel like what the present day church does a bad job of is creating those relationships. There's the marketing of, you know, we're open to everyone, come through our doors. But then as soon as you come through the doors, there's judgment cast upon. And I just don't feel like that judgment existed until much later after the initial early church. And it makes sense that it would happen. You know, people are imperfect and are going to pervert things by nature. But when when the churches today advertise themselves as, you know, we are the church, 
you need to give money to us so that we may continue the mission of Jesus Christ. It's like, are you though? Are you really continuing the mission in the way that he wanted? Do you read the Bible? <laughs> I, I have more I can say, but what, what do you think about that so far? Yeah, so that's all very interesting. And and this is good because I've actually heard this stuff a lot. So, you know, you're not the only one feeling this way. I always think about Paul and how harsh Paul sounded in his letters. Mm -hmm. But then when I look at them a little bit closer, I realize that a lot of the situations that he was talking about are really, really messed up situations. So if you just take his tone and transplant that to every situation, then it is it does seem like oh maybe maybe we're not supposed to be as harsh like his his situations he was dealing with in the church in Corinth were really serious i mean it was like somebody sleeping with their mother-in-law and like like breaking up families and that kind of thing well of course he's going to come down harsh on them right, right. but um yeah, yeah. I, I think a lot of people feel like like you do i think a lot of people come to the brewery and that's that's what they tell me about why they came to the brewery to explore faith instead of a another church. Now I know, you know, there's good and bad churches. I guess there's a whole spectrum of them. But yes, there's there's definitely something that has changed that maybe hopefully like a conversation like this can get people and churches thinking about how to fix that. I feel like. When Jesus wanted to evangelize the people, he went to the people that were hurting. And whether they were willing to accept it or not, it seems like most of the stories they were willing to accept it because it's Jesus that's there in front of you. <laughs> Would be pretty cool. But the the way that churches do it today, you know, they, they put up these buildings and they spend millions of dollars on them and they, they ask for offerings each week so that they can evangelize. Well, what does that look like? You send a mission of people out to a third world country where they have nothing. And they're just grateful that you're there and you're going to maybe build them a church or a school or something. And then at the end, it's, by the way, now you're part of our community. We get to market that we did this for you and we'd like to remain pen pals. It just doesn't, it, it seems so much more shallow than, than the personal mm. relationship that Jesus or his immediate disciples were after. And I, I worry about that, especially having grown up in church. Uh, my wife, Erin, and I are, are struggling with that currently because we would like to be a part of a church. But when we go, the church, I don't even want to call it the church. The group of people that are in that building want us to immediately give of ourselves to further what they call as God's mission. But, it, you know, it doesn't seem that everything that they're doing is is in line with that. If, if we're just, it, it becomes an echo chamber of, of people saying, oh, I, I go to church every Sunday and I volunteer and, and I make the coffee or I greet at the door. It's like, who, who are you helping that's outside of, I, I've had more success converting people to Christianity by saying absolutely nothing about Jesus and just being a good person at work. Does the church have any wins for that? I I also think I've had better spiritual encounters outside of the church building 
just with a group of friends. And, and that's what God and, and Jesus is so good at, is making many into one. And if you can have a group of people where, no matter what you're doing, you, you all, you synergize, and it feels like the moment could just last forever. That's church to me. That's good. So that reminds me of a study I did on like the origins of communion and along with that, the origins of the early church. And what I discovered was they were actually having a meal together. I'm not sure why that changed. I don't know if it was logistics or what, but (laughs) instead of just having a little piece of bread and a little cup of juice and, and remembering Jesus, they actually had a whole meal and sat together and a meal is a lot more relational. So maybe the structure that we're in today, like if you go to a church service, that structure is not super conducive to a meal or a relationship. Maybe that's where we lost some of those uh, moments where we could actually get to know each other and you know have some deep conversations and unpack some stuff. What do you think? Absolutely. I mean... We've had so many cases now where people get up on the pulpit and we're supposed to look up to them and then they disappoint us horribly. And of course we can offer forgiveness, but what's the point of putting anyone at the pulpit when everyone is facing that single point when it really should be a circle and the single point is God? With no one in the middle. And that's what's great about the, the dining table or, or the meals is that it's everyone is equal. You're, you're just around it. You're, you're sharing food or communion or, or whatever. You're sharing stories and experiences. Everyone can be vulnerable and not feel like, no, I'm at the pulpit, uh, so everyone else needs to be quiet. I Coming from my, my music background, I learned in, in music history, which granted that class at a liberal arts institution was very anti-religious in general, but I still appreciated the sentiment of what they taught, which is basically in uh, early Catholicism, the language of the music was, I believe, still in Hebrew. And the common people who attended the services or or mass in in Germany were not righteous enough to sing it. So everyone was quiet except for the choir, and they observed, and they worshipped. And it wasn't until Martin Luther actually translated the hymns into German that the congregations were starting to sing. We know he, uh, we credit him for starting Protestantism. But that's incredible how quickly we go from Jesus, you know, wa- walking into these dangerous places or brothels and meeting the people where they're at to you're not worthy to even sing the worship music. Wow. Boy, that is shocking. Yeah. Of course, you know, my group has started what we view as a church in a brewery, even though it's not a service, but it's people getting together over some food and drinks and talking about a chapter of the Bible, our struggles, things like that, right? So to me, that's a close definition of, that's close to the definition of the early church. But that concept has brought a lot of criticism out locally. 
you know, online, we'll get a lot of comments or we'll get messages. How do you justify doing this in a brewery and all this stuff? And it it is kind of interesting to me because it looks to me like Jesus was going to parties and drinking wine with people. And if you investigate what they were drinking, it was alcoholic wine that was probably about equivalent to a beer nowadays. But that, I mean, the Pharisees thought Jesus was a drunk. They called him that. I don't think he really was, but I think that gives you a hint that he was out sharing a meal, drinking with people. And it does seem strange that we've moved so far away from that and and started to think that some of the stuff that Jesus did is like bad and we shouldn't go to these places and we shouldn't eat with these people. So something weird has changed. And on the alcohol point, I'm not sure if like the dawn of the automobile was the reason that happened because now people are driving. Maybe that's a little more dangerous, but my brother tells me it was much, much earlier in history when that happened. And I can't remember if it was during the reformation or what, but, but it puzzles me. It makes me wonder why do we have such a hard time figuring out what Jesus actually did and then replicating that. But I'm hoping people will be curious from this conversation and try to go back and look at what he did so that maybe we can get closer to it. Yep. I completely agree. Well, that's cool. Yeah. Thank you for sharing your thoughts on that. I, I know that you've had some difficult experiences in the church. I know a lot of people have, a, a lot of people in my age group and younger. So you're not alone in that. And I know that you have a strong faith. Kudos for sticking through it with your faith, even though you've had some discouragement in that area. Thank you. Wow. I'm actually kind of emotional to hear you say that. that uh, it, it's not easy, but it's meaningful. Well, yeah, it does mean a lot because like a lot of people, they, they might give up if that happened to them. So I, I give you props, mad props, man. <laughs> yeah, something that's stuck with me is these things that are happening, they're not, I mean, everything is a God thing, but the horrible reason it's happening is because it's, it's stemming from people and probably Satan. The, the bad the people who have disappointed me and, and they were the ones that disappointed me. My faith in God was never shaken. Yeah. It's good that you can see that difference too, that people will disappoint, but that doesn't necessarily reflect God. All right, Tyler and I actually had several conversations and questions that we talked through. So we're gonna wrap this one up here. But we will be back on another podcast to talk more. In the meantime, if I were you and this conversation was new to you, what I would recommend is get some friends together who maybe struggle with organized religion or have experienced some church hurt or maybe have just never gone to church. If you're having a hard time understanding what they're going through, just sit down, have some coffee with them, just listen. I think that would be a great exercise that would go a long way towards bridging the gap between these two groups and and help bring some understanding and some healing to these problems. All right, we will see you again soon. Thank you for listening. Hey, if you like this conversation and this video, help us build this channel. Help us solve some of these problems by hitting the like and subscribe buttons. And I'll see you later.